Hey book fans, welcome to another episode of Momo's Bookcase. On this episode, our guest is Amanda Payne. She is a black and Filipino singer from Sacramento, California. Since moving to Chicago in 2011, she's been performing with various bands, studio projects, music improv, and sketch comedy groups in Chicagoland, such as Super Rad, Chicago's Ska Tribute, Cup of Bayon Collective, Forte Chicago, Club Asia, Lyric Opera of Chicago, and Chicago's Fringe Opera. Amanda is the manager of Kiddo, Chicago's coolest kids boutique in the South Loop. Enjoy! All right, I am so excited to introduce this next guest on Momo's Bookcase. Uh, her name is Amanda Payne. Say hi, Amanda. Hello. Hi. How are you doing today? I'm doing good. Had a kind of like medium day at the shop and yeah, it was like fine. Just good. chill. Yeah. It's nice yeah. outside. Yeah. It was nice out. It was, it was warm today, but I like it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, before we get into the book that you uh, introduced us to or bring us today, um, what are you currently reading? Do you have anything of note you want to bring up today? Yeah, for sure. Um, I've just started reading The Body is Not an Apology. Oh, okay. Which is deep, intense, and wonderful so far. I'm not even like a quarter of the way through, but oh, I should have read this a long time ago. Amazing, amazing. But I am happy I'm reading it now. Um, another one that I've really enjoyed um was Brown Girls. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I love I uh one of my friends did like a little Discord like book club chat thing um for all of us like ADHD can't be in one place at the same time type people. <laughs> and um yeah, it was really wonderful. It was really it was really cool to kind of see that like immigrant kid life yeah someone else's lens and having a lot of uh you know like similarities and like you're like dang that's like such a poetic way to put <laughs> this pain <I> love that. <laughs> that we all feel and joy and everything in between um yeah i really those two right that's now. great i love that my book club book is not nearly as cool as yours but um mm -hmm. i've been trying to get through the goldfinch the last like two years um it Word. started out <clears throat> as like a pandemic book club kind of thing mm -hmm. and then everyone else finished it and i could not finish it so i'm trying to finish it um it's supposed to have like a lot of great reviews and people really like it but i'm Sure. I'm having a hard time. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I I'm not sure what that one's about. I feel like I've seen that title a bunch, but I haven't actually. Yeah, I feel like I mean it's it's at this time it's packed stacked under any other books, but I think it won a, a few awards. Mm -hmm. Um, and it has to do with like uh, it's like a young boy and his parents, and he steals a famous painting. So it's it's a lot of like kind of right right kind of like intriguing things. But uh, sometimes I'm like, ah, this is not what I want to read today. <laughs> but that's like most days. So understandable. But I want to try to finish it. Uh <laughs> yeah, you got this. I can do it. I can do it. 
um speaking of books we were able to get through uh what book did you bring us today <laughs> ah yes well i don't physically have it so pretend actually i i have some uh publisher paperwork that they sent <laughs> about it um i brought rainbow fish or the rainbow fish rather there's a thought in that title i feel like i never called it the rainbow fish I as a child it did i googled i was like rainbow fish or like the rainbow fish and i was like sure google That's right fine. okay google <laughs> yeah it's um i didn't realize that the 30th anniversary is this year oh yeah it came out in 92 i looked up the the date it came out um, yeah that's wild i was chatting with my sister and she was like wow that book is the same age as me and i was like <laughs> okay great good job good job <laughs> Steffi. we all know you're 30. <laughs> <laughs> you are an adult officially <laughs> and uh so is the rainbow fish so there you go yeah (laughs) yeah um so i had like a pdf of it um that i was reading so i couldn't like show the actual one wish i had it but um what are your uh memories with this book i remember reading it as a kid and thinking like wow this selfless amazing beautiful talented wonderful (laughs) fish um (laughs) Um, yeah, I really like, it felt very like good to be giving. And when I would read it, I'd be like, yes, this aligns with my like big sister, uh, helper kind of like ways or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Like it, it really, as a kid, it definitely felt like that to me, but then, you know, you reread it as you get older and you start to get, wait a second. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I um, this came out in '92, so I was like around mm-hmm. five, mm-hmm. which means it probably existed in some of my classrooms for a few years. And I remember just being okay. really taken by the illustrations. Um, yeah, because the Rainbow Fish, for those who haven't read it, has scales uh that are like shimmery, glittery. So when you read the book, like the scales really pop. And so that was really cool as a kid to kind of go through and see that. Cause I don't think a lot of books were using that. No, yeah, artwork. the texture. There wasn't, you know, I mean, it's essentially like a metallic foil printed mm-hmm. on the paper, right? So I, I feel like that was the first book that I remember having like different texture things yeah, on yeah. the page itself rather mm-hmm. than, I mean, I guess I had some like board books as a kid that had like fuzzy. Yeah, like, but like that. But at that point, you probably reading this. You probably moved past that. Right, right, for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's, and it's still. I think it's pretty cool. I did get my hands on a copy at a bookshop just to like flip it and mm-hmm. look at it and mm-hmm. try and like channel some like I don't know tactile memory or something, um, which I did remember like reading it to and with my little sister. Right. Um, so since it came out, yeah, it came out ninety two. So I was two. But um, <laughs> uh, yeah, it was, I remember lots of good memories with it of like my parents reading it to me, reading it in mm-hmm. classes. Yeah. Um, like I feel like in kindergarten and first grade, it was definitely in our little like storybook corner shelving for sure. Yeah. Um, Seems there's some longevity. I mean, yeah. 30 years later, it's still, still kicking. So sure. Yeah. I feel like I've seen it at preschools i've taught at in the last yeah. like five years 100 so. yeah some like <laughs> rough copies because it's just well loved and people just have like 
looked over it so many times the binding is broken but like very well loved oh, books. yeah yeah for sure for yeah. sure <laughs> yeah I think it's cool they're putting out like two new books in the series apparently really yeah 30 years later okay yeah I'll have to pick that up I'm curious as to how and we'll talk about these books how we perceive them now but I'm curious sure. what these books are going to look like uh compared to the original I know um, so Amanda, why did you pick this book? Besides, I feel like you loved it, but like I loved it as a mm-hmm. kid, and then as an adult, I was reading it and I was like, "Wow, I don't know if I love this," mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Um, especially once when you invited me on, um, and I did do my reread. I was so struck by peer pressure. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> like I was so wow, this feels a little bit, or not even a little bit, this is like totally a peer pressure situation Yeah, from like everyone around this fish. There's kind of like, there was definitely that, there's definitely the vibe, because the book starts with like the rainbow fish just being like real shady and like not wanting to talk to anyone. Right. And I was like, I was like, oh no. I mean, I was like, like oh, no. <laughs> rainbow fish definitely has a bad attitude yeah. in the beginning um like does it necessarily do you need to give everything up to get right. rid of your bad attitude I'm like right. mm, mm, I don't know I love that like the rainbow fish knows that that they're unique that they know they're beautiful mm-hmm. but reading it as an adult I was like I was a little it struck me that the octopus was, the octopus was like hey you should give away like all your scales and that's how we'll make friends and i was like ah. it's like ooh, all of them all of them that's a yeah i was like how I, painful right i don't like the part where okay so this is what i we're trying to say okay what do you think the book is trying to say then like so i from all of the like advertisements for the book from their marketing, from what the, you know, description of the book is on like any bookseller's website, Mm -hmm. you know, it's supposed to be a message that sharing makes us happy. Okay. Like I have the publisher, you know, marketing right here. 30 years ago, a glittery little fish swam into the world and soon became a timeless classic that embodies the simple yet universal message, sharing makes us happy. Okay. Which on, you know, first read and me as a child, that was the message that I took from it. Yeah. Like, and I, I like the idea of sharing makes you happy and I agree. Of course. That sharing can make you really happy. However. However. Yeah, I worry about oversharing. I worry about like, so you're gonna run yourself all the way down to nothing, right? And it just seems, to share. It's a little it like, like the mysterious octopus was also saying, like, "Hey, rainbow fish, dull your shine, right? So you can be the same as everyone else." And I was like, I don't know if that's what I would want to teach someone either. Right. I was trying to think too, like, okay, 1991. It's being written maybe late 80s. It's being written. What's going on 
in life in the world and they're like I didn't exist really I mean I was I was very small I was a and have... BB I was a tiny BB yeah I wonder if it was this idea of like maybe they're going for more equality than less special maybe it's like well yeah. everyone is special when you put, it's like literally tearing pieces of his body off to give to someone else and that's that's the, like, part. that's the part like now I get very stuck on just like the physical when you pull a scale off of a fish what is happening right <laughs> and right. that's it's like just kind of like macabre yeah <laughs> it is it really is like, like it's fully um like oh this like self-flagellation to make everyone love you yeah yeah how do I cut myself down to make you love me more which I which I don't think is what their intention was but that's definitely no. how I'm reading at it now right I mean, that's what I see when I read it now because I mean I don't maybe that's yeah we're in a different era of like taking care of ourselves maybe yes. like <laughs> like are we are we too too much self-care over here maybe no I don't think there's too much I don't know but... I don't think I kind of I think about like I almost wonder if like rainbow fish had decided you know what I know I'm special let me help other fish find out what's special about them right would have been a way to go about it maybe yeah like you have a nice shaped hair fin <laughs> I don't know <laughs> that's your thing you know like rainbow fish could have kept all their sparkle and helped everybody else find their talent you right. know right right i like... agree <laughs> and uh, that octopus in the in the dark cave being like hey like oh. i know the octopus being like i'm wise and i know everything it's like don't octopus eat fish yeah don't they they do. <laughs> and I mean, it makes sense that this is like totally science oh. nerd brain, but like apparently octopi, uh, octop the octopus is a fairly intelligent sea creature, so it makes sense in this context Very that he smart. is the wise one. Very smart. They also just like turn into water and like go through tiny holes. I don't know. I'm I'm scared of them. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's maybe it's like I have to do this now. I'm a little um, bit scared of octopus but but yeah I just it's funny how such a solid memory like I was almost like did I read this same book like yeah. the octopus says I've been waiting for you the waves here told me your story this is my advice give glittering scales to each of the other fish you will no longer be the most beautiful fish in the sea when you discover how to be happy why can't rainbow fish be the most beautiful fish? why is it that, that's okay Rainbow fish can be beautiful and happy. I think we can all be beautiful and happy. <laughs> I don't I don't love that philosophy of the octopus. Like I don't. I really don't. <laughs> yeah, you think about like I think about it, you know, like as a, a person, if we were to like peel off our nails or something oh that sounds horrifying and terrible so sorry to or even like just yeah physical <laughs> or just like even our like, time right we give time to everyone and then yes we have no time for ourselves mm -hmm. oh, very deep these <laughs> right but i have a i have a really hard time with that and i thought about it this one and like 
classic The Giving Tree. I have like a hard time with like the story they're trying to share. I don't think it's the best way to tell these stories, or it's not sure. as effective as it could be. Yeah. yeah. So it's wild. In 2022. In 2022. If you were you know, had to give this book as a gift to a kid in your life, do you think you would do it? I'd probably, probably pick another title. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I, maybe this, I know this is like a thing in, in kids books, but there's so many kids books that have animal characters instead of human characters which on one hand I see the value of but on the other hand I think it's more valuable to have more human stories um, over personifying any creature non-human creature (laughs) Um, oh yeah yeah so I'm really I'm super big on that just personally so I'll probably get them a book that is a little more just has some people in it yeah it's something like like 49 percent of as of like 2018 uh mm-hmm. characters in major books are white and then after that the next largest percentage is animals and then mm-hmm. after that it's like black characters and then it's like and it's like two percent <laughs> yeah it gets like much smaller like there are barely any indigenous uh picture book characters very few uh, like asian characters and like and that's just like broad asian like you don't even sort of break down the different you know yeah which uh, is countries it's wild because it's definitely getting better it like, is getting better it every, is getting better every year it's stunning to me how we how books especially kids books especially picture books are getting so much more just wide-ranging mm-hmm. and you know and diverse to say yeah. the word <laughs> and it's it's great because like uh the thing i do with with momo's book club is that yeah. like I try to source books where the kids are like just being kids but happen to like be brown or happen to have two moms it's like just like them being normal kids exactly because what happens is we tend to like have some of these stories or in the past you're like okay here's a uh, book with a black boy but it's like about the civil rights movement and I was like okay yeah but, like... or it's yeah it's or it's like a this is a historical figure uh-huh. <laughs> as a yeah. kid yes right and it's like okay but like but we want to see you know like the one book I had as a kid that I remember was Jamaica's find was like the one where a little black girl was just like she like uh a girl had like lost a dog in a park and she found it and brought it to like the park authorities or the police and they like Aww. found the girl who owned it and they became friends it's like very chill but like very, very obvious like just a little black girl hanging out um which <laughs> I love so I was thinking about this because I read it and I was like I don't think this I would give this book to someone but trying to find a book that kind of does the same thing uh there's a book called green pants um that i really like um I'll find I know that one. yeah so the uh it's a book called green pants and it's about a little boy a little brown boy who um loves wearing his green pants it's like his thing to wear green pants i love them. um but then he has to go to a wedding uh where he might not be able to wear his green pants and it's him like figuring out how does he stay unique but also like uh fit in with this wedding so it's kind of a thing where like this is his thing but also recognizing that other people have needs too right Mm -hmm. and is there a way to uh combine those two things to make everyone happy or at least i have a nice like you know um 
Oh, I'm having a brain brain fart. Anyway, everyone's happy on both sides. Compromise. There it is. That's, I was like, <laughs> what is this word? I was like, uh, uh, cooperation? No. Um, yeah. So I think, oh, yeah. Cute. Yeah, I think that's a better fit for this kind of story. Um, yeah. And I, I have given this out to uh, a friend of mine. And her son loves this book, like Aww. loves it. Yeah, it's one of his favorites. So, awesome. um, yeah, I think yeah. that's a better, an upgraded story for Rainbow Fish or sure. the Rainbow Fish is, is Green Pants. Green Pants. Green Pants. Yeah. There's, there's a couple that come to mind for me that um, are recent or, you know, have come out in the last two, two-ish, three-ish years um, that are about sharing um and not just sharing like physical items or toys or something, but like sharing um, stories and like friendship and family and all of that stuff. Um, one of them is Thank You Omu. Oh yeah, that's on my list. Yeah. I love Thank You Omu so much. It's such a wonderful book. It's a great book to give as a gift. Mm-hmm. It's a great book to, to share. Like it's literally about sharing food with everybody like and you know and not it's not taking anything from her Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. like she's willingly and happily doing this for her community yeah um I really love that one um another one that comes to mind is um words to make a friend Okay. I'm like, I should have written down these author and illustrator <laughs> names so that I could drop them in here. I'm we'll sure. put them in the in the show notes. We'll put all those those uh so people can for know sure. what to look for. Yeah. <laughs> but um so words to make a friend is a bilingual story. It's in Japanese and English. Yeah. Of course, it's um romanized spelling of Japanese yes, words. Yes. But um it's very sweet. It's about two young girls, one who moves to it's kind of like I, I can't remember if there's like a specific place that they moved to but it seems like the midwest maybe <laughs> she's from japan it's the middle of winter her oh, neighbor is yeah. this cute little black girl and they come together and play even though they have a language barrier uh, i love that and then it's like they're just saying the same word to each other in each language because oh. they're just like vibing that well that they kind of like know what they mean and there's this part where they're like, play, play, share, share. It's and I so just like, weird. and it's so sweet and simple. Um, I feel like it's a book that's really great for all ages to just kind of like, just to, the art's beautiful too. I just, it's I love beautiful. that. I love it. It sounds like uh, <laughs> OG theater games with Viola's Bowling, because that's the same thing she was doing. Kids yes. playing without the same language, but like still playing nonetheless. So right, got the improv connection in there too. I like that. Hi, Brian. Oh, that's pizza. Brian has pizza. Oh, Maybe later. oh <laughs> Brian. Hi, Brian. Thank you. <laughs> uh, I appreciate that my husband thinks to make sure I eat. It that's is nice. Amazing. That's helpful. That's good. I'm glad someone's looking out for you. Um, it's nice to be fed. It is true. It is true. Yeah. And, Another uh, sharing moment. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Another sharing moment. Sorry. I was like thinking about thank you, Omu, in that moment. Yeah. I was like, oh. And there's That's food great. involved. Thank you, yeah. Yeah. I love wow. that. Wow. I love this. <laughs> <laughs> that worked out wonderfully. Full circle. I love yes. that. Um, amazing. Mm. Uh, 
All right. I thank you, Amanda. Thank you. Um, is there anything you want to plug? Uh, or where can we find you on social media? Oh, you what do you want to tell us? You can find me on social media. I'm on everything as Black Belt Soprano. That's abbreviated the first bit. B-L-K-B-E-L-T-S-O-P-R-A-N-O. Um, and yeah, I've got YouTube, Twitch, um, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, all the things. I'm trying to do all the things all the time. Um, and I'm trying to keep it all in one place. Yeah, <laughs> which is <laughs> So I used to have like eight different social media accounts for all the different things. And that just got to be too much to deal with. So I'm trying Same to bring name. it all everything's here yep there's links come nice. find it love that Wonderful. yeah well thank you thank you for sharing thank that you. i'm so glad we got to share these new books with uh, yes. our listeners they're awesome um, yeah yeah thank you thanks mom almost bookcase is created edited and produced by me morgan phillips potts and our theme music is by nia d'amelio for more information about Momo's Book Club, follow us at Momo's Book Club on all platforms or go to www.momosbookclub.com. Momo's Bookcase is a part of the Trident Network. To learn more about our videos, live shows, and other podcasts, please visit the tridentnetwork.com 